Hey, everybody, it's Scooter here, and this is a bonus Ray episode. It's half of what uh, $20 patrons have been getting once a month, but Ray really wanted me to put this half of the episode out because it was an idea he was really excited about, and I've really been trying to figure out how to get these Ray episodes uh, going. Um, so I don't know, if you're a $5 patron, I have a question. Would you upgrade to be- become a $10 patron to get a monthly Ray episode, or if you're a $10 patron, would you upgrade to being a $20? patron or if you're a 10 or 20 dollar patron would you just become an annual patron which would save you money anyway to get a ray episode every single month i originally had it intended to do the ray episodes for 50 dollars a month and then if we got enough 50 dollar patrons to support like to pay for the cost of making the episodes then i was going to put them out to 20 dollar patrons or 10 dollar patrons but uh i pulled back on that just because it would have been there really isn't the infrastructure to give those 50 dollar patrons access to all the other episodes episodes. So I'm just kind of trying to figure it out. Uh, we have a few more Ray episodes recorded and I, I did say, yeah, I'm going to try to put out, make 12 Ray bonus episodes as a part of this experiment to see if we could pay for those. So yeah, just a matter of uh, trying to find the sweet spot and communicate. So if you really want more Ray episodes uh, and you're in position to be a $20 patron, you'll get access to all of them and you'll get one on, in every month. But if there's a way uh, for me to get more people involved at the 10 or $20 level or as annual patrons, uh, that'd be a thing. But yeah, give this a listen. See if it has extra value to you. It does take work. I literally record these on, on the weekend, on a Sunday when I can. Uh, so yeah, let me know. It's just an experiment. But this is a really fun episode. Ray said, put this 30-minute part of it out. We put out like, uh, usually Ray records every Sunday, two 30-minute, th- you know, for 30 minutes. And then we mash them into one hour episodes or uh, one hour or so episodes so if you want more ray and then we'll probably do the same thing with great british bake-off at either 10 or 20 dollar level with the facts uh, as we gear up uh, to do some of those so anyway let me know uh and uh yeah we'll try to find a way to keep it going thanks hello 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 everybody this is your friend ray and what a surprise i'm here in the podcast boys studio here recording something that Scooter called me. So it's Sunday in April. Oh no, Scooter said it's May 2nd. Holy cow. And Scooter said, uh, Ray, I got an idea. Let's record it uh, of, of just based on things we were talking about. And then he d- talked to the patrons and he said, hey, what are you looking for for Ray? And then we had another conversation about that. And we said, okay, let's uh, think about it. Discern as the uh, as the uh, as the Jesuits say, you, you go and you discern. You say, okay, let me subconscious process things and we'll see what we're going to do more episodes about. And Scooter had put it out there as like a few, far in the future thing because we still have a couple more ideas we were going to record, which we probably still will. But he called me uh, while he was running this morning. He said, Ray, I got it. I got an idea. Let's record it today. And I said, Scooter, calm down. And he said, well, I'm calm. I'm just running. Uh, and I said, can you call me later then? And he said, no, uh, I got to tell you this idea. So we'll do it later today. I want to know what you think about it. If you could talk for about 30 minutes. And then I, then we even came up with another idea. So those of you that are here in this first part, you may be listening to the whole episode if you're a $20 patron, but the first thing, this will be three ideas, I, I believe. And the first one will be out for everybody, Scooter said. And then if uh, Scooter said this, maybe that's a good way to get people to think about supporting the Ray episodes. If you, if you're in a, Only if you're in a position to do so and you like the Ray episodes or you like the Ray podcast, if you support the show at $20 a month, you'll get a Ray episode. But Scooter said, now this will only be a 30-minute unless I get more ideas. But right now I only had three ideas. Well, I had two. And then while Scooter was running, we brainstormed this first one. I mean, maybe more than 30 minutes because I haven't recorded it. But uh, So you'll hear the first idea here. In the and then you say, well, if you want to hear the next two, think about supporting the show at twenty dollars. And the beauty of this whole Patreon thing is that it, you know, the Scooter said, you know, maybe this is going to be a six to twelve month experiment. Uh, but you know, if we do get enough people, then the ten dollar patrons might get these episodes as well. Or you could do the referral program and get them for free. 
Scooter said, uh, oh, he's shaky. He said he doesn't have that plan figured out yet, but he will. He, he'll, he'll figure that out. Won't you, Scooter? He's kind of nodding. So without further ado, this is your friend Ray. This is a new idea we have. Well, it's not new. And it's very, uh, I know I'm supposed to tease this out for the next two ideas, but maybe this will be, I want to explain part of this. It's important to me because, it, so these are be called Ray, Ray retouches, I think. And unfortunately, we won't be able to take feedback on these. So we like, uh, I'm not going to be comfortable having other people say, could you look at this one? Because we, Scooter and I, we, we consume a lot of pod, like uh, theme park media. And both of us kind of share the pet peeve. And this is just us. It's not personal. I mean, I guess it is. Per- it's, it's totally personal. When, you know, people are fans of something, but then they say, well, we could do a better. Like, what do you imagine he is thinking? Like, what, let me do a re, like, I could do a re, redo of that. You don't even know what you're doing. This is Ray putting his words in people's mouths. Uh, so I don't want this to come across like that. So we're not re, redoing any work that the Imagineers have done or offering anything critical. No, 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 there is a place for that. You've heard me say, hey, Disney, what's up with those puddles? I mean, I haven't been to your parks since the end of 2019, but it was full of puddle, puddles. And I say, what am I paying you this money for? Or why do you have uh, holiday treats and then they're gone before the, the, the New Year's? That doesn't make any sense to any of us. So there's always a place for criticism, but this is not that kind of thing. Where it's not Ray saying, "Here's the, here's the thing." I'm going to be saying, "Here's an idea that I thought of, and Scooter and I discussed, and then we thought of it some more, and we think this is something nice you could add on there that would be win-win for everybody." Now we don't know any bottom lines or mechanical things. So that's the spirit. It's a, hey, what if you add, like he, like people say that all the time, what if you add a banner over there? Wouldn't that be nice? You say, holy cow, you really know your stuff. Uh, you know, people that are good at interior design or visual design, they say, hey, add a swoosh there. Wow, that really changed the whole image. Thank you. And I'm not saying that Ray's doing that. Now, these would be nice. And again, if you're listening from Disney or like any of the Disney affiliations, feel free to use these ideas. So like we, well, the first idea, no, feel free to use them. These would be more fun ideas. Two of them, wait a second, I already, oh no, two of them are related, would actually be not revenue neutral. We would say, actually, all three of these ideas. Because another thing, and I don't know a lot about the people that run Disney, but I know that the the person in charge right now is Bob Chapek. And I hear a lot of people grumbling and I say, well, you know, like, uh, it's tough to know where the company's going. And I'm not here to do that. I'm here to say, well, I looked at what I know about you is that you had a lot of experience in the retail side of things. So these are three free ideas you could use that actually go to your strong points and where everybody will win. And we think these are revenue-positive ideas. Of course, we don't know anything about the capital costs of the second and third ideas. Uh, but we, you know, I can almost guarantee these are, these are winners uh, because, you, like, and they'll be fun to think about. And the winners, because hopefully they'll be putting you to sleep with your friend Ray. Now, so the first idea that everyone's going to hear is uh, now this is one. This one we had already had the two ideas, and Scooter and I were saying, "Okay, he's running." He's saying, "Right, okay." And then uh, we said, "Okay," because these ideas we already talked about, like a Disney dream, like uh, small Disney dreams, things that would be nice. But Scooter was also had been listening to another Disney podcast, and I think something came up, and then he said, uh, "Oh, it's about lines or something." And then he said, they said there's no lines there for this thing. So this is our first idea. Now, like I should tell you with the caveat, oh, it's because it was a comparison with Butterbeer, which is at the Wizarding World. Uh, 
pretty, other than the price, and even with the price, pretty universally beloved uh, thing. Now, I'm sure there's a small percentage of people that don't like the taste of butterbeer. But for the most part, it's pretty, and it's a, wow, it's like the films. And two, it tastes like it, we thought it would. And so Disney opened the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Disneyland and Disney World have it. And they opened a stand that sells blue milk and green milk. I think it's called green milk. I don't even know. And I don't have any idea where in the movies it's been. Uh, the green milk, but the blue milk was so uh, ubiquitous that you could even drink it in the Lego video games. And even in Space Quest, I believe there was blue milk. And then uh, in the second uh, of the uh, the last round of movies of Rain Wilson, no, not Rain Wilson, holy moly, I'm sorry. Ryan Johnson, I like... Uh, you know, I'm right. I get, I get things mixed up. But it's so, I don't know the, the names of the films. There's uh, The Rise of Stick Skywalker. There's The Last Jedi. Uh, I think it's The Rise of Skip. What was the last one called? Isn't two of them, like, they have confusing names, too. But the second movie that Luke Skywalker is in, I think that's called Rise of Skywalker or something. Last Jedi, Star Wars's Galaxy's Edge. Anyway, let's not get caught up. Now, this idea, and I think now, oh boy, now I can feel like this is a really a fun idea. So they have a stand there where they sell blue milk and green milk in the Disney parks. I guess that's what I'm. We've been to, we, we, I've been trying to lead my way for us to talk about. Now, Ray has never tasted them, and this isn't a criticism of the tastes, but there's apparently they're not super beloved. Uh, and the podcast we were listening to was comparing, yeah, that there's just not a line. There's not, like, for Butterbeer, you may have to line up for it, but they also sell it at 50 places. They don't even sell it at 50 places, but they sell it at a few places. And if you want a Butterbeer... You, people are going to wait. You say, I'm willing to wait for a butterbeer or for my child to get a butterbeer. And th- that's not just the first time you've had butterbeer. You say, every time you go, you say, well, we have to have at least one butterbeer this trip. Also, there's no beer in butterbeer. It's a, it's a non-alcoholic, like a soda-type, slushy-type drink. There's three kinds, hot butterbeer, uh, cold butterbeer, and frozen butterbeer. Also, Butterbeard, there's Butterbeard soft serve, Butterbeard. That's what, if I was a pirate, that's what I would be. I'd be Butterbeard. Okay, so, so Disney has this blue and green milk, and it's not selling how I would assume they would like it to. And I'm sure that it was like based at, like, I don't know, I think there was a very intensive process to come up with the taste of it because the taste is not talked about in the films. Oh, and in the, the, the middle movie, Luke drinks some, but it does not look appetizing. It just looks nutritious. So Scooter and I were saying, okay, like, uh, what, like, uh, what would we talk about with this? And this is this, the spirit of this idea, free idea to just make it better. No criticism. We'll just say, well, butterbeer could be more, or uh, blue milk or green milk could be more popular. How do we get to that selection? How do we get there? And here's your idea, Disney. It's free. I mean, you know, m- maybe. Uh, but uh, so you have the butterbeer stand. Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not doing that intentionally. So you have the milk stand, right? Uh, so we probably lost all the Disney folks because they say, "What are you doing, Ray?" But this is a genuinely good idea. And so, the, okay. So in in uh, this will work in Disneyland or in Disney's Hollywood Studios because uh, both of those parks. Not only do they have the plush characters or the walk-around characters, but they have uh, streetmosphere characters. Like in Disneyland, they have everybody on your main streets. And on Hollywood, they have uh, the streetmosphere performers. 
And in Galaxy's Edge, you have a lot of, like, stormtroopers and those things. So we think this idea could be built as a part of the story of the land. And it could be written in a way that's appealing across Star Wars fandoms and casual Star Wars consumers. But also have a kind of meta... Uh, like level to things for people to enjoy. So he said, well, I'm a Star Wars super fan. We say, okay, well, you'll get maybe a more laughs out of this whole thing. And, you know, and also leaning into the idea of like, well, what do we got to go in here? Because we had the Mandalorian so like successful. How do we fit this into this park that's supposed to, you know, how do we deal with this uh, intellectual property? That spans these different uh, eras or whatever you want to call them, films or uh, timelines. Not that that solves everything, but now I want to take you back to a little bit of history that you could find out more if you watch Stranger Things. Is New Coke. Uh, So once upon a time, I don't even know any of the history of it. There was Coca-Cola. And much like the rivalry with Butterbee and Blue Milk, uh, they had a rivalry with Pepsi-Cola. And I think Pepsi-Cola was known to be more, they just call it Pepsi now. I don't know if they ever called it Pepsi-Cola. But they said, oh, Pepsi's more sweeter. I only drink Pepsi. And Now, Ray and Scooter, we've never been. And I understand if you are. But we say, well, it's soda. I'll drink it. Uh, like, a scoot, we don't have a discerning palates when it comes to our cola. And actually, we both prefer a cherry version. Though Scooter does say that cher- wild cherry Pepsi is better than cherry Coke. But I think that's just because it has wild in the flavor title. So you take that new Coke idea. Okay, just sit with it for one second. You say, well, this is ridiculous, right? We say, well, why wouldn't that, why couldn't the same thing happen or have happened in the Star Wars universe? And there's a freedom there because you also, what you didn't have with Coke was you say, well, that was just some corporate mix up. Uh, They tried an idea, it didn't work. Uh, Was really fun. I I would like to drink a new Coke just to see what it tastes like now. But so uh, that's what you do, Disney. This is your underlying idea, not the actual idea. Is you, 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 because you could say, because we, we did say from Scooter and I, we said, well, they're in a pickle because you can't just change the flavor. Because what if someone's a fan of blue milk? Uh, and you say, this isn't the blue milk I came to Galaxy's Edge to drink, Disney. This doesn't even taste anything like it anymore. And I want to get there to drink this old blue milk or the new blue milk and the green milk. But let's just focus on one thing, the blue milk, okay? You can work in as many ideas as you want. So what you don't have with the Coca-Cola and the new Coke is you don't have fiction. That was real and it's just corporate. You say, okay, but this one in metaphor you have a wonderful opportunity here to work in story and metaphor into new blue milk and blue milk. Uh, And you have the ability to weave in the different eras of the uh, Star Wars universe or the First Order or the Empire or the Rebels. And to make it a shared experience and joke, so, for example, uh, because you say, okay, Ray, I don't understand this idea. I say, well, it makes sense to me and Scooter. So you really have two choices up front. I mean, you got to figure out the underlying story. But, you know, we could help you with that, no problem. But let's just say for the fact that now these would all be, you could have these as scheduled shows or just a streetmosphere or just based on lore. It would be much better if it was scheduled shows and stuff like that. But you have uh, the original Blue Milk, like you say, oh, no, that's new Blue Milk, uh, like uh, the, the, the one they already have. And you, then you open up a stand, and, and, and right next to the Blue Milk stand, another Blue Milk stand, and you say, this is original Blue Milk, and you could flavor it however you want. Now, here's some advice. Flavor it like something really delicious, uh, uh, like uh, 
like, unfortunately, yeah, you got to go with something that's unique, but that uh, everybody's going to want to drink. So maybe some sort of, I don't know, that's not my area expertise, but something where everybody's like, you got to get this blue milk. It's unbelievable. It's like a milkshake mixed with heaven. Uh, versus, you know, and maybe you could, I don't know, I don't have the answers there. And I'm sure it was difficult. I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying this is the situation. Let Ray give you a little plussy poo. So what you do then is you, uh, so you could say, let's just go with the first order. What is it? Is it, is it the Alliance? So what is it? The, now it's the, I don't know the titles, but you say, Let's just say it's in the current era of the movies that just finished. But you say the original Blue Milk predated those films and that this is the one that the rebels drink. Uh, and you could even go further and put up a still and say, oh boy, we have the one that the rebel pilots drink after they celebrate. Uh, and it's a secret recipe. And this original Blue Milk stand is a, like a first order but the profits from this one go to uh, the re- you know rebel or whatever the alliance, whatever you're calling it. No, because the Mandalorian, yeah, because then you could have a Mandalorian, and even because you say, well, that's in the middle there, and that's when things were getting started again. And you say, oh yeah, this is the the new that's nubalo milk. That's what the Empire invented. Then it was banned because they said. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, you, the profits were going to the, emp- you know, construction of empire vehicles or whatever. And then the new order is trying to use it. And you could even make it funny. Like you you, you charge, the rebels charge full price. The, the empire blue milk is uh, whatever, 50 cents less, a dollar less. And then you constantly, so you do a show, like a first, like where... And you could even do this, like the like the different rides that are interactive, like the different milk sellers. You know, uh, original blue milk here. Like even the people working there are supposed to be part of the show. And you could even have the glasses. You know, have the new order like thing for the. Uh, is it new order? Is that a ba- that's music? Uh, anyway, world order, whatever they're called. Uh, first order. That's what it is. Uh, and, uh, like you say, new blue milk, and then this original blue milk, you just call it blue milk and original blue milk, and you make it a different blue. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to tell you with that. And, you know, you could do even a sampler, then you could take it from the other cola thing and do the taste test. You could say, oh boy, do you want to do the blue milk taste test there? And you get a little thing and you could have different green milks too. And you could sell that for $15 or something, Disney. And you say, oh boy, it comes with all your own board that looks like, I don't know. Uh, and people could vote every day. So there could be a shows, uh, like brief shows, that again, like the stormtroopers come. They give people a hard time for ordering uh, original blue milk. And then you have, the, you know, the, like, but, but people are going to do it. Uh, and anyway, you just say, you, you have the same people helping. I don't know. You figure out the merchandise side. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. I say, okay, well, I'm not an expert at that. So you'll figure out a way to suspend our disbelief with the selling of the blue milk, too. But this is a way for you to introduce new flavors without getting, like, criticized and to make it fun and say, hey, what do do you— And you don't even need to do that. You could—and you say, well, it's going to confuse people, Ray. And you say, okay, well, it's— that's fine. If people like, uh, I don't think it will. I think this could be something. And again, you could use it instead of like, uh, when people say, what era Star Wars is this friggin' place? And why is Darth Vader walking around with, uh, OB like BB eight? And they say, well, that doesn't happen there. And you say, I think I just saw Obi-Wan Kenobi walking with the Mandalorian. And they say, no, he did not Ray. And they say, I'm going in, you know, this blue milk could be kind of a code for that. You say, yo, this is as original as blue, this is like original blue milk. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, instead of avoiding 
these imperfections, you make fun of them in a fun way. But you really lean hard into this idea that the blue milk becomes a metaphor for the Empire New Order and the, the Rebellion Alliance, uh, and even a way for people that want to play act and want to cosplay, you say, oh boy, I'm, I'm drinking the New Order. This, you know, I'm listening to New Order and I'm drinking First Order Milk uh, because it's better. You could even maybe, if it's successful, then you could sell merchandise as well, like uh, original blue mil- new blue milk. Uh, oh, but every day you have a, like a con- like so you have a show at the beginning when the stands open up where people are kind of making a thing. Uh, then you have like where you could keep changing the signs throughout the day, like original new blue milk, new original like famous raised pizza. And so then people are coming, you know, then you have one time where the star, you know, the, like uh, the rebels come and uh, here's another free idea just sort of people love those sea, what are those called? Sea chanties or whatever. Have the rebel pilots come one time and sing. I think there's even a stage right by there and they're drinking the original blue milk and the singing, you know, like uh, space chanties and teaching everybody songs there. And you could, so you, you don't have to do like 50 shows a day. You could have a few different shows. Like that could be one that happens three times a day, the, the rebel band. And then you could even do the opposite. You have some sort of... Uh, professional colonial style like where you say well this is like a like where the like the empire like people come in their fancy uniforms and they sing something much more structured or maybe they do that and the rebels come you don't want to make it too contentious because you want to get into metaphors for you this is metaphors about fiction not about our world no boy don't go there uh, because we don't want people actually getting irritated we want it to be fun I mean, your biggest challenge is you got to make that friggin' blue milk the best thing that people have ever tasted. Uh, I mean, I think you have an issue with the milk, uh, and you could even fix that with that. You say, oh, no, it's not a milk. It's, uh, I don't know, but then you say, well, that was what Luke drank. It seemed like it was milk to me in the movie. And you say, well, that was raw. We don't sell raw, like, uh, you know, that that was a situation-based. It's it changed around. That's why it's like water. There's no dairy. So that's the idea. I guess it went on for this teaser. You got a full 30 minutes, everybody. But, and then there'll be another 30 minutes with my other two ideas. Not much different than these ones. Much simpler. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, I think there could be an end-of-the-day thing because you're saying... Maybe at like 2 p.m. you have someone who says, okay, I'm the magistrate. Let's work this out. Uh, We'll have like you put it like when you buy it, they drop like uh, the fake caps. You have they pretend to the opening bottles, right? Uh, So then they drop the cap in a big these big uh, spheres, right? And you have the rebel side and then the, the original blue milk and the new blue milk. And they say, okay, whichever one. So then at the end of the day, when it's going to close anyway, you have them close down whichever one did not win. And then you could have the storm, you know, and then you could even work in the big characters. You say, well, what is Kylo Ren? Like, what if Kylo, like, you could have Kylo Ren sneaking up to get a uh, original blue milk or Ray drink. She would say, well, what do you want me? What do you want from me? I just prefer the taste of the new blue milk. And you could even have the Mandalorian have one and then uh, try to sneak off to, to drink it because you can't take your helmet off. And I don't know if you get rid of the green milk, but I think even that taste test challenge there, because then you have, a, like, I know, because I know you're in the retail, so it would help. Uh, you say, wait a second, this is a way for us to make more money. And it's say, fine, like, if it's fun, uh, and I think the idea was maybe, I mean, I don't know what the idea was, but I know probably there was a lot of people, a lot of cooks in the kitchen for the blue milk. Uh, and then there's also the idea that it's got to make everybody happy, but also maybe, and I'm just guessing here, an assumption that people would just buy it. But you're looking, 
with this new, with the original blue milk, we're looking for repeat customers. And again, this is someone that's never had it. Hopefully soon I'll be having a blue or green milk. Uh, and I mean, you're talking about a super fan of the parks and I never had, I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I think I did a price thing. I said, well, I'm not that thirsty. I never heard anybody say, I heard people say, yeah, it's not bad, but everybody, and again, this isn't like a, I'm not looking to get draw a line between the, the, the companies that are competing for theme park business, but it would be a contrarian viewpoint for someone to say, don't get a butterbeer when you go to Harry Potter. Like, that would be a contrarian, rare contrarian viewpoint. People would say, well, it's really expensive. You got to think about that, or it's a bit overpriced. I could say, okay, I respect that. But no one's going to say, I had a butterbeer. Don't bother. I mean, one out of every hundred people will. Uh, but I would say it's probably the reverse at this point. But it's fixable. I say that's the other thing. I say this is a fixable problem. But I say... Well, if I was working and running the company, I'd say, well, just change out the friggin' flavor. But in the modern day, you can't do that because the first thing is going to be the first day you change it over. People are going to be, what the heck is this? This tastes totally different. Uh, and it just like it would pull people out of the story. The idea is immersive entertainment, I think, that you're going for. And this will really immerse everybody in blue milk. Uh, can you imagine if, like, the rebels are pouring milk on one another? Like, what if you had a post-pod race thing? I mean, well, anyway, I, that, so that's your friend Ray. Uh, thanks for listening in. And, yeah, this is actually will end up being, like, a regular two-parter, like, that's combined in a one-hour episode for the $20 patrons. And, again, we're not trying to exclude everybody. It's just a matter of... uh like uh, saying, huh, w- could this be possible to, for us to put out more content based on people supporting it? Will it w- will enough people support it that then it's like, oh, this is sustainable? Because right now it's Sunday at 3 o'clock when I'm recording this because we're just trying to squeeze it in. Like Scooter said, okay, like, uh, I mean, like in, in the schedule, like where instead of having you say, oh, well, we could do it on a weekday, uh, like, this is right now more of a hobby for Scooter and I. Uh, and, like, it's interesting. You know, it's a, I don't know. But so, yeah, think about it. And then I'll be back with my next two ideas, which will involve uh, eating and animatronics. Uh, so that's your friend Ray saying, I'll take original blue milk and I'll take a, a new blue milk and I'll see what they taste like. Thanks, everybody. Uh, hello, everybody. This is your friend Ray, and uh, I just—you you probably just heard me talking, but this is a one week later here, and I'm recording again the second half of this episode, and I'm excited to talk about this. And I, again, I want to say to the people—you know—I don't think any Imagineers would be listening. But I will say, you know, I'm operating from a fandom standpoint. So some of the assumptions I'm making are assumptions, and I realize that Ray can be a bit of a rear end. But, you know, I'm the kind of rear end that, you know, we all accept the some of us, you know, not all the time, we accept the humanity of the rear end. And we say, oh, boy, that was funny when that was not the time for your rear end to speak up. Or you might say, oh, that's a little, you know, I understand that you might feel, you know. So I say this all in the spirit of what ifs. Uh, and none of this coming up here is a criticism. It's more of a curiosity and a wondering of possibility. And I will say that your friend Ray, the biggest assumptions are, what do you have, like, that not everything was that somebody else was a, had some vision in the past, not you that are listening now, to say, hey, let's hold on to this stuff here and put it in storage. And I, I realize that Disney World is, you know, maybe you don't have unlimited storage, just like a human, you know, regular people. You say, no, no, we had to get rid of that, Ray. We didn't, we can't just store everything. So I'm saying, what if you had something stored? That's one. And then you say, well, Ray, these are the things Scooter and I discussed, so I'm just putting this all out there. 
you say, Ray, it's very expensive to get this stuff back up and running. And these things were made in the 40s or the 30s or the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. And we just can't get, you know, the parts don't exist anymore. I'd say, well, don't you got any 3D printers there? I got to imagine that, you know, somewhere in that theme park, you got 3D printers. So can't, I mean, and that's just a question. I mean, you say, Ray, come on, give me a break. We can't make a, wait a second. We already thought of that, Ray, uh, but maybe you didn't for some reason. And again, maybe looking for a happy medium. But these ideas, now this goes out to, to Mr. Bob C, because these two ideas, uh, Ray believes, fit in with your uh, overall your overall view of saying, well, what's it, what, like you think about, well, what, what's the square footage? How can we maximize the square footage? Where you're looking at your revenue per first, per, 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 per square foot, your throughput of audience, and the you know the intangible joy you could bring to your guests. So now I'm trying to figure out. And Scooter and I went through this. We said, which one should, which idea should we lead with, or should we talk about? Uh, I guess I'll talk about what Scooter can I, and I kind of talked about today again. And that'll lead into where we're going. So Scooter, he he said, Ray, I don't remember when this was. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this thing was gone for a while. Or maybe people just forget about it. And I don't, I don't even know where it's at, what it's called. But recently someone said, oh, this thing's you know, probably not going to be around for much longer. But so there's a place in Tomorrowland, which is, you know, Tomorrowland needs its own work. I'm not going to get into any of that, but it, and, and it's not even easy to get to because you're almost out of Tomorrowland. And there's a place you could go to eat when you're almost leaving Tomorrowland. It's on the left there. And I'm not even sure what it's called. Galaxy Eats or Spaceport of Food, Refreshment Land. This is when you're near Autopia. And you could go in there. And there's one part of the dining room there, and now my mind is not remembering any of the names, but maybe I'll, I'm not remembering it, but you could sit down and you could watch a stage show of a performing animatronic, uh, and yeah, I can't remember its name, but it's a lounge singer, and it comes up from the floor, and Scooter said he remembered this from one time, and then he didn't see it. So let's say Scooter saw it once in the 90s and never again until, uh, I think he said he went there intentionally with his daughter and his mom and his dad, I think, in 19, and, to, to, and maybe I was there, I don't know. Oh, his name's Sunny Eclipse, I just thought of that. Uh, I was going to say Sunny Delight, but that's the orange drink. And Sunny Delight comes up, oh, oh, I think that's what it is. Oh, no, Sunny, Sunny Eclipse. And he sings in the 70s lounge style. And the one time we ate there, we, like, uh, oh, I guess I was it because it was kids dancing. They have a little bit of a dance floor. And even though I think this is one of the things that's easy to, you know, miss the field for the grain or whatever, because you got all those people eating there. And maybe only as some people say, well, I got to eat there for the sunny eclipse, but they don't forget that thing. I'll tell you what, in the back of the mind, they don't forget it, especially at a restaurant like that where no offense to Disney or anybody, but the food there ain't exactly McDonald's quality uh, or whatever, but you, you get something out of it. So in this, and and again, it was something that Scooter never forgot about. He said, Ray, was that a dream? And I said, Scooter, that's probably something they got rid of. I don't think it existed. Maybe it was in Disneyland. And Scooter said, no, because it was there. Maybe it was just there, like, uh, and it had this 70s feel to it. And I said, oh, that's interesting, Scooter. And then we heard people talking about it on podcasts and things. And it's just really cool. And I don't know the history of it. Like, that's not Ray, you know, Ray or Scooter's forte. Like Scooter always says, Will's our forte. You say, what's your forte? Will forte, of course. So that's one thing. Okay, so that's our setup there. So you say, okay, now is that well done? Could it be better? Could the, you know, seating or something else be different? Probably. But I'll tell you what, when you have little kids dancing on a dance floor, 
to something so far removed from pop culture, like lounge singing. But you say, oh, there is some universalness to lounge singing. Uh, that's what it's all about. They, they, maybe they say, well, do the hokey pokey or whatever. So I guess while we're already at the Magic Kingdom, we'll start with the one that's the most possible to make a change. And it also, unfortunately, I believe they removed, uh, this already had been uh, accomplished a little bit. And this kind of goes in a, in, in offers a very big opportunity in a revitalization, but re- using the same space and all those things is you have the Country Bear Jamboree. Now, the Country Bear Jamboree is something they don't have at Disneyland anymore. I believe it's gone. And when Scooter was a lad, I mean, he wasn't—he didn't go as a kid to Disney World, but he went as a, a teen with his family or a college student or whatever. Like, they had seasonal shows for this Country Bear Jamboree. They had a, a holiday show. And they had a summer show. And maybe, didn't you say, no, that was at Disneyland, right? I said, okay, I, I accept I'm wrong. But they had these uh, seasonal overlays, which, hello, Disney World, if you ever talk to anybody at Disneyland, these things work for driving uh, volume. But we're not going to stop there, Bob. So what we have, you say, okay, well, and we'll admit it, Scooter and I, it was a long time uh, we had not gone to that because you see, you just go buy it. Uh, and even when his little one was little, we did not go to the country bad jamboree. Now it was a mistake one, because they have air conditioning and you could sit down, but Scooter usually gets the pre, he gets the scoot, you know, he gets those brain bots where he says, well, I don't know if we could handle the tradition or the transition ray. You know, of waiting and, you know, the, the, between the sitting down for the show and the waiting for the next show to start. That's where he usually loses his oomph. But I think it was again with his parents uh, that we returned to uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, probably to 2018, I believe. What year is it? Yeah, 2018, I would say. And it was Scooter and I and his little one and his mom and dad. And we said, oh, let's go to this show. You know, it's uh, not a long wait. It's inside. We could sit down. Let's go see the show. And it was a delightful show. You know, probably could use some changes, you know, to, to make it more relevant today. And there's some things that made Ray a little bit uncomfortable, but those could be changed or fixed or altered. Or you say, well, you know, whatever. I'm not getting into the, the that, like, I don't even remember enough of the show. I'm just talking about my feelings. But so that's one thing. But the show, and then we went back to it again in 2019, I believe, on our trip there. Uh, but what I was going to say was, okay, it's not very popular. I mean, let's just not like joke around and probably it could be more popular. And they say, well, you know, people aren't into sitting around watching these animatronics, uh, just sing songs, which I say, huh, that, you know, that, you know, that confuses Ray, but I, I accept, I'll, I'll accept all those things. So you say, okay, Hello. Uh, what, why don't you just put the, why don't, there's a restaurant next door. And I think now this again, maybe Scooter and I rewriting history. At some point, there used to be a Western themed restaurant next door and the heads of some of the performing, uh, animals were coming through the wall and they would be in the restaurant while you were ordering. But Scooter and I can't confirm any of that, uh. But what we would say is just not like uh, make that part of the restaurant there. And it doesn't have to be a paid restaurant. Like it doesn't have to be a white tablecloth reservation, you know, uh, waitstaff restaurant. We say clear out all the, the amphitheater portion put in. Or you could say, well, we have tiered levels there. Maybe do that. That make, might make more sense anyway. And then put in tables and chairs and then do it like at the um, commissary where people sit you down or like a Harry Potter. You can't just reserve a table if you don't have food because people want to watch the show. So you say after you get your food, we just run the show back to back to back. You know, maybe I don't know what the machines need a break or something. 
Uh, but you just you, you do then, and you say, and, then, and you might say, well, what are we going to do about all the uh, other seating we have that doesn't have the animals? And I say, well, I don't know. That's another for, for, that's for somebody else to solve there. But I think that makes it easy fix there because then people will say, oh, wait a second, I could sit and watch that country bear show. And I mean, again, you could make it into a restaurant where you have reservations and things, and then you could make it even more. But then that would be like, oh, if I don't have a reservation, I can't see the country bear show. I just want to get a, a you know, a, a, like some tacos and a soda pop, and I want to sit down and watch the show. And then you could do the overlays. And again, this will probably drive traffic, but it, it, I don't know. It gives you a chance uh, to, to put your best foot forward. And again, this is stuff I don't know anything about. Like, why did they stop the overlays? Because the show's not popular anymore. And they say, yeah, we could put the Christmas show on there, the holiday show or the vac- summer vacation show, but no one comes to see those shows anyway. And you build it in there, and then you could sell merchandise too. I, I think maybe even some merchandise that's small that you could buy when you order in your food. But you could also have a, I don't know, you could have a store there. So that's one thing that Ray was saying is, uh, why, I don't understand why don't you do that. Uh, and actually, Scooter's father even was convinced it was a restaurant. Uh, and they, they, like uh, I said, well, no, no, we, we think it should be a restaurant, but it's not a restaurant currently. You go and you sit at the show and you go and you leave. And I'm pretty sure it was that, that there was the longest bar in the West or something it was called. It was like next door. And I think it was called a bar, but because they don't serve drinks at the Magic, they didn't back then at the Magic Kingdom. It was like a bar with a mirror on either side. And then you could order, you know, you were ordering food from the bar. It wasn't a real bar. But I think that's where like a moose and a, and a reindeer, where, where the, the heads were coming through the wall, if you know what I mean. And they were saying, whoa, uh, what are you ordering down there? And everybody would get a kick out of it. And I said, wow, like, that would be nice. I, I'm just saying that would be nice to see. So there's the first one there. And it made me think about something else, and then I forgot what it was. I said, okay, wait a second, Ray, what did you forget that you were going to talk about? I mean, I know my next idea there, but I can't remember. I said, wait a second, when I was talking, I thought about something, going in there to eat, watching the show, getting the merchandise. The budget's all part of one thing, so you could keep it up. It would make more sense. I don't know. But so that's just one easy fix. This other one may be a little bit more complicated, but I don't think it would be too complicated. And again, I think it would drive, uh, I mean, again, it would drive joy. Hello, do you have a spreadsheet for joy over there? Because you could use one. I don't know if it would fit in a spreadsheet, but uh, but also it would just... Uh, but this is basically a very similar idea, but it would take some construction and not just a refurbishment. So once upon a time, uh, according to Ray, there was, so there's, oh, okay, so this is at Epcot Center. And over there at Epcot Center, they have a, like a pavilion called The Land, which is supposed to celebrate uh uh, food production and uh, the land, uh, I, mostly food production, I think was when it was invented. But now it has soaring, which is more soaring over the land, and then the land ro- boat ride, which you go through farming. It's a nice little boat ride. Used to have a person to walking, doesn't anymore. And normally it's, it's, it's uh, like sponsored by a big food company, you know, different ones because they always change, you know, they're changing who owns what and all those things. But they used to have a theater there where they would have a show. Once it was called Kitchen Cabaret and then it was called Food Rocks. Uh, and these were anim- animated uh, foodstuffs uh, like, uh, I don't know, milk or eggs or vegetables or fruits singing a so- singing songs and at first it was uh i think tone loke was the host of food rocks 
I don't really remember anything about it, like other than enjoying it. Uh, and then there was a song, Veggie Fruit Fruit. I think that was from when it was uh, Kitchen Cabaret. And I'm pretty sure Scooter caught both iterations of it when he was went from high school to college, like was right when they transitioned and from the old one to the new one, because that was at Tone Loke's uh, peak of his popularity. But Scooter may have only seen Food Rocks. But so you have Kitchen Cabaret and Food Rocks. And Food Rocks was a reinvention of Kitchen Cabaret. And I don't, again, I don't know if they, what they did with the animatronics, if they may have had new ones, or they just reprogrammed the old ones. But you had cute things like a refrigerator opening up and things singing. And that's the other thing about the country bass is the way they rotate the stages and stuff for little kids. I mean, think about little kids. They don't know how any, I don't even know how it works. So when you see something come out of the ground and start singing, it feels magical. Hello. Well, yeah, put magic in that same spreadsheet over there. And so, uh, I don't, so, so, okay. So you have those two shows. I'm wondering if any of that still exists, the hardware. I guess you don't have to worry about the software. And so, okay, so that's one thing. So then also the land uh, pavilion has a food court that's very nice. Uh, you probably heard me talk about eating there because we eat there. Scooter loves it because you could refill your soda. But also it's kind of like similar to like a, what you do see in a college as far as like, oh, you could go here, they got the wok. You go over here, they got the grill. You got the fish stop over here. You got something more grain-based uh, and probably something with like pizza, carving station or whatever. And you could go there. You could say, oh, okay, I feel like that. Uh, and they, and, they, and it's kind of supposed to be more whole food-based uh, uh, than just French fries. But I'm sure you could get French fries over there. But if you, yeah, if you want like... Uh, I don't know, something like, I'm, I'm just imagining you get something with rice and a steamed fish, which would be hard to get anywhere else in the Epcot Center, especially at a counter service where you're just getting it. Uh, it, it, it like, I don't know, we like eating there. I mean, one thing we don't like are the restrooms there because they're very, very busy because the Soren is so busy. But so you have that food court there, and it's in this big area. And I feel like the food court is, is fairly successful in the whole, it's a whole beautiful open air atrium and all that's lovely. But Ray would say, don't you got some space there to build the kitchen cabaret, food rocks, uh, a dinner show, like a lunch, breakfast and dinner show. And maybe in a way where people are walk, because a lot of people, are, that's like a very busy place in general where you could watch the show. I don't know where, like, I don't know, I'm no architect, okay? So I don't know where you would put it. But so that when you're eating at the food court there, you could be watching this show. And I guess, like, if you had, like, if you have the ability, you could say, oh, Kitchen Cabaret's on the hour, Food Rocks is on the half hour. And the show, you know, show doesn't run from 2 to 4 p.m. or something. I don't know. Like, same with the Country Bears. And... Like, think about that. You sit down, you watch some, some Tone Loke. Uh, I wonder what Tone Loke's nickname was if he was a vet, you know, if he was a kitchen. I don't know. Let, let me do this. I'm going to look up some of this stuff here for our last few minutes together. So I'll be right back. Okay, so I got it on Wikipedia here. Uh, kitchen Cabaret with a K. 13-minute animatronic show, Epcot. It was there on the opening day, 1982, closed in 1994. So Scooter did see that show. Uh, let's see, Bonnie Appetit was the singer there. It was a musical review. Uh, they had Mealtime Blues, Chase Those Blues Away with uh, Bonnie Appetit in the Kitchen Crack Pots. That's a really... Uh, mayonnaise, Parmesan cheese, mustard. Uh, then the stars of the Milky Way by the dairy by Dairy Goods and the stars of the Milky Way. I mean, look at this show here. Mister Dairy Goods was a singing milk carton who emerged from a refrigerator. Miss Cheese, Miss Yogurt, Miss Ice Cream, nineteen thirties a costume extravaganza. 
Eartha Kitt, Mae West influence, uh, those fog that poured out of the freezer. Wow, that is uh, quite cool. Uh, then the Cereal Sisters are saying the Boogie Woogie Bakery Boy, oats, rice, and corn. So that's nice. Ham and eggs with a Z was vaudeville-style show. Holy moly. Uh, then veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, which by a colander combo and fiesta fruits, uh, with a little common Miranda influence there. And then a finale with everybody there. That's quite a, now this was when it was sponsored by Kraft. That's maybe why it had a K in there. So, I mean, that is impressive there. And let's see, I think it was replaced. Now let's see what it was replaced by there. It doesn't have, oh, there it is, replaced by Food Rocks. So we're already learning something. So Food Rocks uh, was presented by Nestle. It opened in 19, so opened March 26, 1994. When did the other, January 3rd. So they turned that show around in three months. Hello. So this is not an impossible thing, Ray's asking. It says it was replaced by Soren. So I don't know if it was somewhere over there. Food Rapper, F-U-D-W-R-A-P-P-E-R. So it's themed as a benefit concert for good nutrition, with Food Rapper played by Tone Loke. But the show keeps getting interrupted, so it had a little comedy by a heavy, heavy metal band, Excess, uh, that doesn't believe uh, in good nutrition. Okay, let's see, the music history. Yeah, we know that. It opened, it closed on January 3rd, 2004, so it's been going a long time. So we had a parody of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, Make It Count in the Kitchen by the Utensils, possibly a spoof of U2, Good Nutrition by the Peach Boys. I'd like to hear that. Like, I'm picking up Good Nutrition. Every Bite You Take, that was by, like, the Sting Band, a refrigerator. Peter Gabriel, oh boy, high fiber. Oh, I like I like this already. I gotta listen to some of these songs. I, I think I probably have them somewheres. Peter Gabriel, and then always read the rapper. That was like Funky Cold Medina from uh, Tone Loke. Uh, just keep it lean. The soul of rock and roll. This was share, after kind of like a share song. It's in his kiss. Uh, Tutti Fruity, that was by Richard, Little Richard. Uh, Neil Moose, Moose, no, Neil Cicada, Neil Muscada. Vegetables are good for you. Breaking up is hard to do. Uh, uh, chubby Checker, Chubby Cheddar. Uh, then Give Us a Junk, that's by The Excess. That was original song. Uh, then just a little bit from the Get the Point Sisters. That was like Aretha Franklin and the Point of Sisters. Uh, and then Chew Bef- Choose Before You Chew. That was a reprise of uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody with a lot of the other people there. Well, so that's very interesting there. Wow, I'm, I'm interested. That's uh, quite a... Now, let me just see. I got about two... I got a few more minutes here, but... Uh, what is that called? Country Bear Jamboree. C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Bear. Jamboree. Okay, so the Country Bear Jamboree, uh, it's been in Disney World, Tokyo, Disneyland, and former Disney at Disneyland. All the versions are similar. It opened in uh, Disney Magic, Magic Kingdom in 1971. And in Disneyland in 72, and it was closed in 2001 for Winnie the Pooh in Disneyland. In Tokyo, it's still running. Uh, the music is by George Burns, it says here. Henry the Bear is the host. Wow, it had 48 audio animatronics in Disneyland, 50 it has in Tokyo, and 24 at the Magic Kingdom is audio animatronic show. It was given a spin-off in 1984 winter season, the Christmas special, due to popularity. And then in 86, it got the vacation hoedown. 
and it was so popular at Disneyland, it was a per- it became permanent until it closed. Apparently, they had even had a movie. Uh, it was originally intended for the Mineral King Ski Resort there. And it's a long thing about the history. It's got quite a history. Then they had the the holiday special at the Magic Kingdom in 84 and Disneyland. And then at 86, uh, they had it at Disneyland, the vacation one at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. But attendance struggled. Uh, so they stopped doing it in 2005, the Christmas one in 2005. And, uh, yeah, they, oh. I don't know. I don't can't understand some of this here. But yeah, they should do. I mean, this is a this is easy there. And yeah, there's a bunch of you know a bunch of people. I'm sure maybe you could get other part parts from the from uh, D- Disney Disneyland if they if they're not using all the parts there. I didn't even realize that there. The show technical facts. What does that have to do with it? Technical facts. Uh, there's five stages, 18 bears. This is just a lot of some. Somebody wrote that, but that's it. so. That's just a couple ideas that Ray has there of things you could add on there to get the blue milk thing. I mean, that's that would be quite fun. But either one of these would be, all of these would be revenue positive. I think maybe you say, well, it might be break even. And I say, well, yeah, but when you when you factor in the joy and the magic of eating to animatronics, uh, it'll change everything. So that's your friend Ray. I'll be talking to you soon. Uh, thanks for the support and good night.